Hello everyone and welcome back to the Couch Strategist and F1 podcast with me, your host Liam, joining us today from a cold and rainy and very mizzy Dublin. Um, we've had a two-week break and moving across the world now, looking ahead, we're at the Singapore Grand Prix um, at the Marina Bay Street Circuit. Very excited. Off a pretty positive Italian Grand Prix for Ferrari, some would say. Looking ahead into the weekend, can't expect Ferrari to potentially repeat that. Although, we don't know, you wouldn't traditionally think so. But we'll get into that a little bit later in the form of some of our predictions. And reviewing what happened in a couple of practice sessions this afternoon. So, with that, we have it is Friday afternoon and we watched FP1. FP2, we've had two weeks off, so there have been a few happenings. But before we dive into that, I think looking at Singapore and the Marina Bay street circuits and something a little bit interesting about the track as well as Singapore as well. Um, this was mentioned in an earlier podcast, I think it might have been at the beginning of the series in the pilot episode in the introduction to the couch strategist or the story behind the couch strategist. Um the Marina Bay Street Circuit in the Singapore Grand Prix was host to the first ever night race under lights. And that was back in 2008. Um, and kind of since its inception, the only Formula One driver to race in every single Singapore Marina Bay Street Circuit Grand Prix is Lewis Hamilton. So he's there again this weekend, so continues that streak. Um, I guess kind of off the track around the Singapore Grand Prix. Um, I've got this from a very reliable source. That there is a famous cocktail in Singapore called the Singapore Slinger, um, which you can get at the Long Bar at a hotel called Raffles. And something interesting about Raffles Hotel and in that Long Bar, um, the entire floor that you walk on is apparently covered in peanut shells, as the peanuts that you peel and eat on the tables, the shells can be discarded on the floor. So if you ever are in Singapore, um, I haven't been, it's on the list to do, but go to the Long Bar in the Raffles Hotel and have a Singapore slinger and stand on some peanut shells. And I guess kind of looking then in the lead up, and as I mentioned, we had two weeks off or a week off rather since Monza and kind of around the paddock news and things that have been happening, probably the biggest story came out a couple of days ago was if we're going back again, looking at the driver markets and the driver lineups for 2024. Another seat has been taken. So Alfa Romeo announced that Joe will be remaining with the team for 2024. Um, so he has managed to keep the seat. And in terms of the driver lineup for 2024, that leaves us with just one seat left in the Williams, which currently is being held by Logan Sargent, as we know. Um, could he hold on to that seat? May, you know, I guess that comes down to how he performs the remaining races of the season and if he managed to pull out some points performances or can't really expect him to match performances of Alex Albon understandably how Alex Albon performs but Logan Sargent definitely needs to start pulling a bit more of his weight for the team considering the direction that Williams and James Wiles are taking the team and then we should have the two AlphaTauri seats um, which we assume will be quite hotly debated as we go towards the end of the season, especially with Liam Lawson coming into the frame now. Um, will 
Liam Lawson do enough to put his hand up to keep the seats? I know there are talks of Yuki Sonoda being promoted, and I don't know if this is a promotion actually, but to be Red Bull reserve driver and then keep Liam Lawson and Daniel Ricciardo in the AlphaTauri next year. Could Yuki move up to the Red Bull and place for the reserve driver and then move in in 2025? We don't know what the case is going to be in those two AlphaTauri seats or two are still open. I guess, speaking of Daniel Ricciardo, um, some great news. He's back in the paddock this weekend. We saw him in the beginning of FP1, um, coming out of the AlphaTauri kind of pit lane and sitting on the pit wall uh, in high spirits, waving to fans, looking smiley as ever. So it's great to see Daniel back. Although we do not expect him to be back in the car next weekend in Japan either, especially considering the amount of racing that Liam Lawson has done in other categories around Suzuka. So I would predict and expect another week of Daniel Ricciardo running. Um... And yeah, I guess that kind of takes us into today. Um, we've seen at the Singapore Grand Prix, often dubbed Sparkly Singapore, um, and we often see that with how amazing the liveries and the cars look on the track under lights. Speaking of, we had two special liveries this weekend. So McLaren brought out the Stealth Mode, which is basically just more carbon fiber black on their car with the bright orange. So it transitioned from the silver chrome into the dark black carbon fiber now which i think looks all right nothing too amazing or the orange does pop quite nicely on the track and then we have the beautiful williams special livery voted by fans which the livery that actually won was one i voted for which i just think it's incredibly beautiful it's the gulf inspired livery it's got that super light baby blue also with a nice orange as well which in fp2 under the lights also looks incredible so that's definitely the winner of the two special liveries for me this weekend um, and then as ever at cool vibey races, we have some different helmets this week and with lots of glitter and sparkles in them. So I think Landon Norris has one, uh, Oscar Piastri has a sparkly helmet as well to kind of shine and add to the sparkly Singapore. Um, and then I guess looking to more on the track news, looking into the weekend ahead, um, it's the first time we're racing at a new Marina Bay circuit, technically not so much new, but bit of a track alteration and modification due to some roadworks taking place in the Singapore city. Um, so there's just been an alteration in the third sector. There's been four corners removed and basically just added another back straight, which could be quite interesting. It removes a little bit of more degradation away from tires, a few less corners on the track, another little bit of a straight could potentially add another overtaking zone, although there aren't that many on this track apart from into turn seven so out of the first long straight um so we'll see how that goes and especially for the teams like ferrari who aren't so good on their tires could this possibly benefit them um i'm hoping so and i guess to finish off before we dive into a little bit more of what happened today and looking ahead to the weekend um can't go a race weekend without talking about fernando Alonso, i guess and Fernando Alonso goes into this race weekend as having completed the most racing laps out of any other Formula One driver in history. Um, so at the end of Monza, he had completed 20,000 racing laps in an F1 car across his career, which is absolutely incredible. So it takes him out and lead on that. And found out in FP1 today, in fact, I didn't know um, that 
if Fernando Alonso can make it 26 laps through the Singapore Grand Prix on the weekend, he would have completed 100,000 kilometers of racing distance. So not qualifying practice, testing anything like that, of actually actual race distance in an F1 car, which is absolutely insane. And to put that into perspective for many of you, which similarly to me, I couldn't comprehend how far 100,000 kilometers is, uh, that is two and a half times around the Earth's equator in a So that is just absolutely incredible from Fernando Alonso. And he's still looking for his 33rd F1 victory. Yeah, and I guess that can kind of lead us nicely into FP1 as he was kind of my first talking point. Um, and Aston Martin in general, I guess. Um... In FP1 today, we had a look and we had Bernie Collins back this weekend, which is great, which I absolutely love. She brings such an element of technicality and strategist experience and on-the-ground experience to the commentary team and to the race weekend and explains things in such a great way, which I absolutely love. Um, so it's great to have her on the panel this weekend. Um, she had mentioned that there's a small upgrade for Aston Martin this weekend. How big that upgrade is going to affect them, we don't know. Um, but we can expect Alonso to be up there challenging this weekend, I think. Um, along with Aston Martin, we saw McLaren bringing some upgrades. However, this is only on Lando Norris's car. Um, so Oscar Piastri will only get those next week in Japan. And coming out of FP1, they seem to be working pretty well. Um, and yeah, I guess talking of the positives of Fernando Alonso, we're always going to revert back to unfortunately talking about Lance Stroll and again just in comparison absolutely awful I mean they were speaking about how he had to get the aero rigs in his car we don't know how this ended up being on Lance's car not on uh, Fernando's but missed out a big chunk of the beginning of FP1 um, which obviously for someone who's not driving very well at the moment quite far behind his teammate and at a track where you need to get as much time in as possible. Not the greatest. Um, but yeah, FP1 was a little bit of a non-event. Um, I think, as Bernie mentioned, a lot of teams focusing and using the first session, obviously not being at night under the lights with the cooler temperatures. It's not a very representative session. Um, so a lot of teams using it the time on track to just focus on new developments, any upgraded parts, no real track-specific setup. I thought that that would come in FP2, which we did see. Um, and I guess kind of the highlights of FP1, or two highlights, is we had a yellow flag in Sector 2, I think halfway through the session, which no one knew what was for. And then we had a couple of drivers coming on the radio um, of a lizard running across the track. And then about 10 minutes later, we had another yellow flag for a different, yet another lizard on the track again at a different part of the track so these two lizards were being dubbed Larry and Lizzie the lizards um Ted liked to make a joke that it was Lance and Lando the lizard the lizards um but yeah I guess that was kind of the highlight of FP1 which shows that there wasn't too much going on um and yeah but then looking ahead into FP2 um as I said probably a more representative session um the cars came out under the lights, which again, as I said, absolutely love in Singapore. It looks incredible having cars racing under the lights. Um, 
cars began to push a little bit more. As I said, there was going to be more representative of the race on Sunday, more representative of quality tomorrow. Um, back again to Lance Stroll, missed out a little bit on the earlier session. As we mentioned, uh, you almost put it in the wall. Similarly, K-Mag also had a moment where he clipped the wall as well, very similar to Lance and Esteban Ocon as well. Also had an almost clip or pretty much clip of the wall, you would say, which has led us to kind of find out now that the wall camera is back, um, which is great fun. Um, I really enjoyed that. So for those of you who don't know, the wall camera is something they introduced in Canada in the Wall of Champions. So coming out of the last corner to the start finish straight at Canada. And basically, it's just a camera embedded on the wall, I guess. That's when cars go really, really close. It comes up with a nice visual that kind of tells you how far the car was away from hitting the wall. Um, and I think the Esteban Ocon was less than one centimeter. Um, so I'm sure we'll see a little bit more of that as the weekend progresses. Um, and yeah, I think only other main talking point out of FP2 before we get into a wrap-up of where the different teams of drivers finished across the two sessions. We had Alex Albon, unfortunately, didn't manage to finish the session. Um, came out of a corner and felt a bit of loss of power. Came on the radio, ended up coming back into the pit lane, um, and he got out of the car straight away, which wasn't great. Um, we had James Viles after the session coming out to say there was an ERS problem, um, which obviously meant they needed to take the floor of the car off and kind of investigate that fully. So unfortunately for Alex didn't manage to get an FP2 session in, or most of it anyway, um, which for him, not great. For the team, not great, especially considering Logan Sargent's first time racing around here, or not first time, very few times. So the amount of data that Williams would have brought out, that's probably put them a little bit on the back foot for the weekend ahead. Um, and yeah, I guess not so much shock, because I don't know if FP2 represents anything compared to qualifying in the race but in both fp1 and fp2 we had both ferraris up there um in fp2 finishing first and second with science first charles second which i didn't quite expect so probably giving all the ferrari fans some false hope and preparing us for disappointment um but as i mentioned norris looks quite quick in the mclaren oscar piastri doesn't i don't know if that's a case of not having the same upgrades or just being a rookie driver, not having driven around Singapore too much. Um, but it looks exciting for the weekend ahead. I mean, the Ferraris look good. Hamilton and Russell are there and thereabouts. Uh, Alonso's in the mix as well. As I said, Norris is in the mix. And in FP2, Verstappen and Perez looked a little bit off the pace. I don't know if that's going to be the case. I can only hope it is the case to make it a bit interesting and have a bit of a four-team six or seven car battle all in the mix for qualifying come tomorrow but both Perez and Verstappen were complaining about the rear end of that Red Bull and just not being stable and also on the braking going into corners as well but Red Bull being Red Bull I'm sure they sort that out overnight and come out tomorrow and fire again in qualifying um so that was a good wrap of Friday and kind of my take I'm excited for the weekend and um hopefully a good mix in qualifying tomorrow. Um, so on that note, we'll now look ahead to some predictions and the rest of the weekend ahead.
welcome back, everyone. And as we've come to a Friday afternoon and just finished practice one and practice two, um, looking ahead to the weekend, as I said, very excited for qualifying tomorrow. Looks as though four teams could be involved. Potentially seven drivers could be fighting for the front row, which is very exciting. Um, I'm going to be bold this week in my predictions. Um, and I'll explain why. So went in quite hesitant on Ferrari this weekend, considering, well, Ferrari season out. Yes, they had a pretty good weekend in Monza, as I mentioned. Um, we would potentially expect Ferrari to traditionally be better at Singapore with a few of the slower corners and traditionally Ferrari have been very good at Singapore. Um, and in practice, they've backed that up. FP1 didn't really read too much into it, but FP2, both of them, couple of tenths clear of everyone else. Um, so I'm going to be optimistic on Ferrari. Um, not with both, because um, as you know, Ferrari can't handle two drivers right next to each other in terms of pit strategy and how that works. So I'm sure there's going to be some sort of crossover or tripping over or falling over at some point. Touch wood. Um, but my poll prediction, prediction, I guess, for tomorrow, Saturday, is going to be Carlos Sainz on pole. Um, yes, not Max Verstappen, Carlos Sainz. And looking ahead to the race, I guess, in third position, I'm going to go for Lewis Hamilton on a solid third step on the podium. Back on the podium, um, as I mentioned, he is Mr. Singapore. He's been there every race since the founding of it. Um, I might not expect Lewis to start as high as third, but I can definitely see a safety car, especially on the street circuit, but especially at Singapore, and there being quite a few change rounds, and hopefully Mercedes and Lewis getting back to their old ways of strategy and pitting at the right time and making good decisions. Um, second, I'm going to go for Max Verstappen. I'm going to be so optimistic and hopeful that their pace in FB2 is representative of what they're going to look like, and they might struggle to get it on the front row come qualifying on Saturday. So, but I do believe that with Max's pace and as I said, a potential safety cars will bring the field continually bunched together. If he doesn't start on the front row and starts a bit further back, I can see him just with the pace and his ability to come back. But with that being said, I'm going to go for Carlos Sainz P1 to win a Grand Prix for Ferrari. Um, and just hoping that science can kind of get away, if my prediction is correct, be on pole, get away, bold enough, and just everyone else being a little bit closer to the Red Bulls can potentially fight with Max and the others around them, and science can breeze away. And Chris Vick's on Ferrari. Um, and I guess, insinuated by my predictions, my wildcard event for the weekend is... Max Verstappen and Red Bull. Singapore will be the first race of this season that both, or not both. So Max Verstappen will not win the race, and it'll be the first race of the year that Red Bull won't win, which will stop Red Bull of having an entire year's winning clean sweep. Again, super helpful. Again, forget this. Sunday, I have to eat my words. But. Those are my predictions based on hope and gut and no knowledge whatsoever. Um, 
And I guess that leads us to kind of the end of the show where, again, where we will wrap up with what treat we're going to make on Sunday. Um, so we've decided this week to do spinach and feta pizza pockets. So we originally were toying around with the idea of doing Greek-inspired spanakopita um, and found a nice recipe for some spinach and feta pizza pockets. Is that a bit of an alliteration of pizza pockets? Nice. Works well. <laughs> um, and potentially some homemade basil pesto dressing on top. Who knows? We're still trying to figure it all out. But as I said, that will come in due course and we'll get all of that up on the socials on Sunday. Um, so for those of you who continue to join us and to listen to the podcast, um, thank you so much as ever. Um, we will continue to bring these to you at the end of the year for every race weekend that comes. So thank you again for joining. Please do follow us on Twitter or X on Instagram, the Couch Strategist podcast. Um, and if you need to get in touch, um, the Couch Strategist at gmail.com, email us, get in touch and yeah, enjoy the race weekend enjoy singapore and we'll be back on sunday for a quality and race review but goodbye for now cheers